here's a little guessing game for you. What affects 45 million Americans, is responsible for 20% of dermatological visits, and can cause more severe psychological problems such as decreased self-esteem, depression, and social withdrawal. If you guessed the notorious skin condition known as acne, you are right. Those little or big pus-filled bumps that all too many of us are familiar with. Acne occurs when a hair follicle becomes clogged with oil, dead skin, and dirt, and then becomes inflamed. What exactly causes these imperfections that are often so much more than just superficially bothersome? The answer is anything from your hormones to the way you eat, the way you live, your genetics, how often you wash your pillowcase, whether or not you clean your phone, the list goes on and on. But good news, there are just as many treatments for acne on the market as there are causes, if not more. There are acne-targeting face washes, cleansers, moisturizers, creams, ointments, etc., etc. The jury is out on how many of these products are actually effective against acne versus effective at targeting our insecurities and subsequently getting us to spend money. But those of us who have become desperate enough to visit an actual dermatologist for the treatment of acne know that often the first step is to try oral and or topical antibiotics. Sounds a little funny to prescribe antibiotics for a skin condition often thought to be caused by excessive oil production. But these antibiotics have a target, a target that is so closely related to acne that acne is even in the name. The culprit, Propionibacterium acnes, or as I will be referring to it for the rest of this podcast, because Propionibacterium is just a little too cumbersome to say over and over again, P. acnes. For the sake of fairness, I feel as though I should add in a disclaimer here and say that P. acnes is not the sole perpetrator of acne. That's why I said antibiotics are usually the first step in the treatment of acne. In many cases, they are not the only step. Again, many other factors are often at play with persistent recurring acne, but an underlying constant in all cases of acne and the star of this podcast, P. acnes. In the words of Kirschbaum and Klingman, P. acnes is a gram-positive human skin commensal that prefers anaerobic growth conditions and is involved in the pathogenesis of acne. Great, so what does this mean? Well, the fact that P. acnes is a gram-positive bacterium means that it has a cell wall composed of a thick layer of a substance called peptidoglycan. The bad news is that this means P. acnes can bind more easily to certain proteins on the host, in this case your face, and can cause infection more easily. The good news is that gram-positive bacteria are less resistant to antibiotics than their gram-negative counterparts. So antibiotics are more effective against gram-positive bacteria 
such as P. acnes. P. acnes is naturally occurring on the skin, and it normally isn't a problem. In fact, it may even be helpful in some cases. More on that later. But when P. acnes meets its favorable conditions upon the terrain of your skin, it causes acne. Therefore, P. acnes is necessary for the formation of acne, but not sufficient on its own. In addition to the proliferation of P. acnes bacteria on the skin, the other factors necessary for acne include excessive oil or sebum production stimulated by androgens, those are basically hormones, clogging of the hair follicle and inflammation. The P. acnes uses lipids found on the skin to make short-chain fatty acids involved in the formation of acne. This is why we often think of acne as a problem for teenagers. Though many of us can attest to the fact that acne doesn't necessarily kick the bucket when we turn 20, the higher incidence of acne among teenagers is due to the vast hormonal changes experienced during puberty. The changes in hormone levels cause excessive oil production, giving Propionibacterium acnes more opportunity to work its magic. That is the acne portion of P. acnes. But the cool thing about this bacteria, and possibly its redeeming quality, is this. Scientists have found that P. acnes is an immune system stimulant in mice and human cells against cancer and other diseases. So basically, this bacteria can cause acne, but there's also evidence that it can kickstart your immune system and potentially help you fight off illness. How cool! Some researchers have even gone so far as to suggest that severe acne, thanks to P. acnes, actually offered protection to humans exposed to the plague and malaria. This should really be further researched, because if there is any upside to acne, I personally would love to know it. If any listeners of this podcast are currently struggling with acne, rest assured that you are not alone. Acne has been a recognized condition since the time of Greek physicians like Aristotle and Hippocrates. Common is even part of the scientific name for acne. Acne vulgaris, vulgaris meaning common, was first used to describe the condition in 1840 by C.H. Fuchs, and the nomenclature is used to this day. It appears as though acne has been a bit of a mystery since the beginning of time. Historically, skin problems in general were viewed as a manifestation of internal problems. Some theories included an imbalance of the four humors central to Greek medicine. These humors include blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. The pores of the skin were thought to be orifices through which these four humors could pass in the case of an imbalance. Then, in 1638, an Italian physician linked acne to menstruation-related disorders. Later, doctors viewed acne as a result of heterosexual behavior that infected young individuals inclined to venery, or sexual indulgence. 
If we think that having acne is rough nowadays, imagine being a teenager with acne in a time when it was thought to be connected to sexual promiscuity. Yikes. Finally, following the invention of the microscope, dermatology, like pretty much every other field of medicine and research, advanced greatly. Italian researcher Marcello Malfigi discovered that pores were not orifices of the body, but rather openings of glands found upon the skin. Another doctor coined the term sebaceous gland, meaning oil gland, which is a term that we still use today. Researchers made many important discoveries throughout this time, but by 1903, the exact etiology of acne was still a mystery. We now know that acne is a multifactorial inflammation process, not an infectious disease. We know that genetics are involved in about half of all cases, and we know that hormones, rather than sexual immorality, are responsible for the high incidence of acne among teenagers. Basically, we now know that acne is complex. As for the treatment of acne, in the past, treatment focused upon correcting imbalances, whether it be imbalances of the aforementioned humors or imbalances of the diet. Other common remedies included herbal remedies as well as prayer. Plant-based remedies were widely used all the way up through the publication of New York-based dermatologist Herman Goodman's Cosmetic Dermatology book in 1936. This guide contained recipes to various topical treatments. Then, a Canadian dermatologist was the first to discover the effectiveness of benzoyl peroxide in the treatment of acne. This is still used today to treat and prevent acne because, as we know, now it kills Propionibacterium acnes. Essentially, the treatments of acne have always been a trial and error process for each individual. Applying witch hazel, washing your face with benzoyl peroxide, changing your diet, praying for clear skin. The list of potential treatments goes on and on. Pretty amazing that we have been studying acne since the time of the ancient Greeks and still don't know everything there is to know about it. So where are we now with this research? Currently, acne is treated based on the severity of each individual case. For mild acne, topical agents such as salicylic acid and retinoids are often advised. These treatments are usually accessible without a prescription. For moderate acne, topical and or oral antibiotics are usually prescribed. And for severe acne, the most notorious treatment option is a drug called isotretinoin, more commonly known as Accutane, which is a very powerful retinoid that reduces the buildup of oil. Systemic treatments such as birth control have also been found to be effective against acne when the underlying issue is related to hormones. However, most if not all of these treatments have pretty intense side effects. They come with warnings to avoid prolonged sun exposure, 
excessive drawing is a side effect, and Accutane is accompanied by monthly pregnancy tests because it has been found to cause severe birth defects. Accutane takes the cake for intense side effects, but dermatologists have also found it to be the most effective treatment, noting that all patients see at least some degree of improvement with it, often long-term improvement. Oh, by the way, did I mention that most of these treatment methods are meant to be used simultaneously? Sufferers of acne are left with complex skincare regimes and various, sometimes serious, side effects. But hey, at least your skin is clearer than it was before. Maybe. (laughs) The bottom line is, even after a century's worth of time to research acne, no one has been able to figure out a quick or easy fix for the condition. Even today, in 2020, there is so much room for improvement in the current treatment methods of acne, but no significant therapies have been approved in more than a decade. As far as research regarding the role of P. acnes, remember how I said that scientists wonder if this bacteria is an immune system booster? Well, turns out that's not all great news. P. acnes is indeed a stimulant of our immune systems. That's why it causes an inflammatory response on our faces in the form of, you guessed it, acne. This discovery means that scientists are now trying to figure out how to target inflammatory cytokines related to P. acnes. Some potential candidates for this task include nitric oxide, sebum inhibitors, and probiotics. Nitric oxide the first of these new potential treatments, has been found to possess powerful anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and antioxidant effects. It has also been found to target the specific element of the inflammasome complex that scientists believe to be the root cause of P. acne-related acne. A Boston-based biotech company called AO Biome is in the process of testing a new product that involves a live suspension of another bacteria known as Nitrosomonas eutropha. This bacterium oxidizes ammonia and urea found on human skin and converts the compounds into nitrite and nitric oxide. The idea behind this product is that Nitrosomonas bacteria in the past colonized on our skin and played an important role in the human nitrogen cycle. Unfortunately, this bacteria has been pretty much eliminated from our skin's natural microbiome because it is extremely sensitive to soaps, fragrances, and chemicals found in products used today. Scientists hope that restoration of the balance of our nitrogen cycle will improve the health of our skin. Pretty neat. Sebum inhibitors are mostly being pioneered by a company known as Dermira, and their aim is pretty simple. Develop a molecule that concentrates in the sebaceous glands of our skin and inhibits the production of sebum, or oil. Oil, as we know, is essentially P. acnes' food source on our skin, so the inhibition of it would greatly reduce the problems associated with P. acnes. And finally, the probiotics, everyone's latest holy grail, it seems, and with good reason. 
They may even be able to help us acne sufferers. Researchers have found that different strains of P. acnes are more or less likely to cause acne. A team of researchers are looking into ways to use probiotics to shape the P. acnes community. Decreasing the prevalence of inflammation or acne-causing bacteria and increasing the prevalence of good bacteria. Another team of dermatologists at the University of California at San Diego are amazingly working on a vaccine to neutralize P. acnes rather than killing it as we are now. This could potentially offer a long-term solution to acne not currently available. This same team of researchers are also hoping to model a probiotic after the bacterium S. epidermis, which has been found to ferment sugars on our skin, such as glycerol, in order to produce short-chain fatty acids that kill P. acnes. Pretty cool things happening in the world of acne research. This concludes our analysis of Propionibacterium acnes, a bacterium that is far more fascinating than I ever would have guessed. I personally had a great time learning about the complexities of acne and about this acne-causing commensal, and I hope that you can say the same. Thanks for listening!